0: John 22, and would you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? This will be the last time I ask you to stand today. Gospel of John, John the disciple whom Jesus loved, John the beloved, John 10, 22. if you're there, say Amen. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. And then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long do you make us doubt? If you are the Christ, just tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I've already told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, watch this, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You may be seated this morning. One of the primary evidences of a person being born again by the Spirit of God, recreated, is that they then have the capacity to hear God. Through reading of the scripture, through the preached word, through ministry and song, they can hear him in nature. God speaks and they're now able to hear. But many people, it's an ambiguous thing, it's a mystical thing, and it's something that can bring fear or or angst about it. How do I know if it's God's voice? And how can I be sure? Some people say that God does not talk. And what they're really saying is that they don't hear. If you blow a dog whistle in a kennel, the cats don't do anything, but the dogs start crooning and singing painfully. Like They'll try to reach the pitch of that dog whistle. And if they could talk, the cats would say, what are you doing? I'm trying to get this guy to stop blowing this whistle. They say, what whistle? You don't hear it? And they said, No, because it's not a cat whistle, it's a dog whistle. Do you realize how profound and deep I am? Do you understand this? (laughs) God speaks to his children and his children recognize his voice and they follow him. Here's the dilemma. How can I explain to you what God's voice sounds like? If I were to try to explain to you what my mother's voice sounds like in such a way that if your phone rang today and it was a random number from Atlanta, you would say, oh, you're John's mom. It's impossible for me to tell you what God's voice sounds like, but you know it. And what happens in a preaching moment is not that you're hearing God's voice for the first time. It confirms what you've already heard by yourself, and you go, that was the Lord speaking to me. Let me read these quickly and then get to our lesson. God promises to lead you. He promises to lead you. Personally, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, Psalms 32, 8 says. I will guide you with my eye. He will lead you into peace. He leadeth beside still waters, Psalms 23. He leads you when you're under attack, Psalms 5, 8. He leads you to safety, Psalms 61, 2. He leads by truth, Psalms 25, 4. He leads us into right standing with Him. Psalms 23.3 He leads us when our way is dangerous. Psalms 27.11 And He leads us into victory. Psalm 60 verse 9 The issue is not is God leading. The issue for us is are you following? Are we following? Shepherds don't command for the sheep to follow. When the sheep recognizes and I'm just going to throw this out there. This ain't part of my sermon. And it's not in my notes. If you've ever studied uh, the animal kingdom at all, you will understand that sheep are some of the dumbest animals that ever did live. Have you studied them? They can't come in out of the rain. They, they'll kill themselves. They'll swim in water. That's why God leads them beside still water because they'd step off into a current and their wool would get heavy and they'd kill themselves. So when God thought of John, he goes, John's a sheep. That means you're one too. Dumb sheep. God gave me my intellect. God gave me my capacity to learn. We are ignorant outside of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our life. And what happens is when a shepherd spends enough time with the sheep and medicinally treats their ears so the insects... Don't bother them. And leads them to green grass. And no matter how many times they stray, he goes and gets them. Once the sheep learns who the shepherd is, the simple tap of a staff on a rock, thy thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me because I know I'm behind you and you would never harm me. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of the promise of God's leading. And God's leading you we need to make sure we're following the tapping sounds. We're following the truth that he lays out because if you follow God, you win. How many think you're in the right place today for a word for you? Let's pray together very quickly. Lord God, I just humble myself before you and I say publicly that I have no capacity to help anybody with anything outside of the sharing of your word and it being anointed. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you use me this morning to speak with clarity and boldness and let it be with, with such a, a piercingness that it goes into the very fabric of who we are. And all during the week, we just meditate on it and re-chew it over and over. God, I want you to lead me. God, I want you to lead me. Don't let me do nothing outside of your will. And I thank you, Lord, that your word gives light and life. And if we follow in it, we will not stumble. And I give you praise for the glory that will be brought to Jesus Christ through this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, if you're taking notes, and by the way, you should never come to God's house without something to write with, because that means I'm expecting God to speak. And if God speaks to you, surely it's important enough to write it down. And I have to give you grace, and I saw some people a couple years ago on the phone doing this, and I'm like, I'm going to come off the stage And talk to them. I'm preaching my lungs out up here. I talked to them afterwards and then I had to eat crow. They go, I I was just taking notes. Here's here's all my notes. Your pastor's an idiot. Please forgive me. (laughs) All right. Number one, God will lead anyone. I know that sounds simple, but we often disqualify ourselves from God's best and God's least, we feel that we're so insignificant that we are not worth his time, but God will lead anyone. He leads those who ask. Lead me, O oh Lord. And I don't mean that cliche. Y'all remember how granddaddy used to pray? Lead God and direct us. Why couldn't it just be lead and guide? Why does it have to be lead God and direct us? And if you just pray it and don't mean it, that's one thing. But if you say, I lack like wisdom, O oh Lord, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to work, I don't know who to marry, I don't know how to do with my children, guide me, O oh Lord. He leads those who ask. Pride won't let you ask. Ask your husband, how many times you have to ask him to pull over for directions before GPS came out. GPS has saved more marriages than anything else in the world. Because if I have to stop and ask, I'm saying I don't know where I'm going. Lead me, O oh Lord. Guide me, O Lord. Can't you make decisions on your own? I have Christians tell me, God gave you common sense for a reason. Yes, but I don't know all the variables that God knows. And there's a way that seemeth right unto me, but the end thereof is destruction. I need to follow his voice, so I ask him to lead me. He promises to lead those who are his. He will lead those who recognize his voice. And the only way you recognize your voice, his voice is by responding to it the last time. God's voice gets clearer and clearer. And you don't need to ask other people, did you hear God's voice? Because God's blowing a whistle tuned to your ears. They may not hear what you hear. They may not feel what you feel. They may not know what you know. But you know. When God speaks your name, you know. And be be on the lookout for guidance and direction from the Lord, because if you're his, he's not going to let you wander off. I'm kind of that protective first parent. I had a lot of y'all give me great counsel, like the first child you have, you know, you go into nursery and you inspect everything and wipe your finger down it and make sure all these rules and protocols going on. And the second baby, y'all say, if he's bleeding, call me. And the third baby, if he's dead, call me. That's what they told me, you know. But Kelly and I are kind of protective, especially in big groups like the fair or something where your baby can just walk off. And I know what it looks like to you. Tough. We put that little backpack on them with the little monkey with the little leash thing on. I'm holding her hand. But if she got loose, I've I've got this leash because she doesn't know where she's going. And we need to cross over into this. Oh, Lord, not childish, but I'm making myself childlike. Put a leash on me because I'm prone to wander off. You're ready for it. I'm going to buy my own CD. That was good right there. (laughs) God will lead those who will wait on his leading. Oh, this is some of your problem because you pray and you pray and God's quiet and then you just go off and do something. If God's quiet, do something. Mm No. No. Ask Saul who waited for Samuel to come back before he offered the sacrifice and Samuel didn't come in time so he offered his own sacrifice and God judged him on the spot and said, I told you to wait for the priest to offer the sacrifice but you couldn't wait. You led your own way. Therefore, today the kingdom is rent from you and took it from him. Yeah, but I've prayed and prayed and prayed. If God is quiet, refer back to the last thing he told you. You wait. God will lead those who will wait on him. Well, I've prayed and he's not answered. Then it must not be time. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and the Lord will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. He leads those who will follow him. Those who will follow him closely, humbly, immediately, specifically, and diligently. God's leading is not limited to one road or experience. My wife preached a very, or she'll say teach, taught, shared a message last year, Psalms 32.8, that the Lord will lead you along the best pathway for your life. God will lead us along the best pathway of our lives. But all the roads aren't the same. The scripture does speak of being led into large places, places of great abundance. You shouldn't follow God and not expect to walk into large places and abundant places, lands that flow with milk and honey, houses that you do not build, places where your cup runs over and God's goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life and you get to dwell in God's house forever. God will lead you into places so beautiful that you'll be like those that dream. And people will look on your life, Psalm 126 says, and they'll say, the Lord hath done wonderful things for you. How many of you, God has done wonderful things for you when you followed him? Yes, He leads into those places, but listen. But God also leads you into difficult places. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. He led the Israelites through the wilderness into Canaan. Dry places. Isolated places. Barren places. Thirsty places where there's no water. Hungry places where there's no food. Where you don't have the basics. And you say, oh, pray for me, the devil's after me, but his children know the difference. No, the Lord's leading me this way. And you can say, I may not understand it, but I must be going through this to get to something else, to the Canaan of God's promises. And if you think that God only leads, only leads to large places and abundant places, you're going to stay frustrated and maybe even accusational against God. God will lead you the long way around. Now, let me just correct my statement right after I say it. Well, where did you come up with God led you the wrong way around? With the variables that I added up. Have you ever prayed for God to do that right over there? And the closest distance between two points is what? Straight line. Is there anybody else besides me? When you pray that way, God says, okay, let's go. Come on, follow me. Mmm, mmm. And you're thinking the farther you go this way, right? The further you are from that way. This is where faith comes in. Faith understands that if you don't lead me in a straight line, you are either keeping something from me or keeping me from something. So I'll follow you since I'm just a dumb sheep. But no, that's the way I'm supposed to go. I'll make it happen. And then you pay stupid tax for a decade. Oh, how can you preach that? I have paid stupid tax for a decade. The Bible says that the the Lord Jehovah led them not through the land of the Philistines, although that was near because he knew that if they saw the Philistine army, they would back down, bow out, and for fear want to go back. See, some of you are frustrated or even at the point of cursing at God Because he's taking you what you think is the long way. And it's not the long way. It's the best way. See, I have to have scripture that says, I'll lead you along the best pathway for my life. So I compare scripture with my experience and say, so if I'm going backward, he must see something I don't see. He must know something I don't know. And I know he has my best interest at heart. So I'm going to follow the shepherd because he leads me. He leads me, and I know his voice. John, this way. So let's narrow it down a little farther. But I don't want to go that way. I don't remember asking you where you wanted to go. And I don't remember you beating the wolf off you last week. And I don't remember you ever deciding anything that was the best. Will you trust me to lead your life? life. That's the thing thing that separates people of profession and people with possession. Because if God can lead where I work and who I date and who my friends are, that's a surrendered life. See, God doesn't expect you to get there. God expects you to surrender and He promises to take you there. God will lead you into great storms like Mark 4.35, Jesus said, Let's go to the other side. And all of a sudden, this great storm arose. Have you ever been following the Lord and he leave out a couple of details like that? He never mentioned the storm, and all hell broke loose, and the boat was full of water, and it was a horrible storm. They feared for their lives. But Mark 5 1 says, and they came to the other side. Mark 4.35 says, Let's go to the other side. And Mark 5 1 says, and they came to the other side. Now, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but be encouraged. If the Lord has led you into the middle of this dangerous, life-threatening storm, understand this. If he told you you're going to the other side, to the other side you're going to go. You will get there because the Lord is your shepherd. God can lead you out of bitterness and into joyful restoration like, like Naomi. He will lead you into paths that are counterintuitive like the last shall be first and the greatest among you is the servant of all. There is a false assumption that God leads one way and it's always forward. He's always adding and he's always multiplying. But that is simply not true. May may I say that again for those of you that are truly studious but you watch a lot of Christian television. just, Just listen. God does lead us into large places and abundant places. But he does not always add. Sometimes he subtract, subtracts. He doesn't always multiply. Sometimes he divides. Sometimes he takes Gideon's thousands of people in his army and brings them down to 300. God doesn't always lead into what you want, how you want, and when you want. He demotes as well as promotes. He imprisons as well as he delivers. He prospers as well as he prunes. Job rightly declared when tragedy hit his life, he said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, which means I don't understand what he's doing, but I will follow him. And in my flesh, I know that I will see God. That person can't be defeated. Our confidence comes not from the path we take. Our confidence comes from the one that leads us along the path. And if I can hear that staff tapping the ground every now and then, I know that my shepherd, the great shepherd, would and did lay down his life for the sheep. You can trust him. Number three, God always leads according to his divine plan. Not impulse. God doesn't do... How many of y'all are spontaneous? You just be in the car and you're going towards Atlanta and you go... Road trip, beach, turn around, whoosh, drive all the way to the beach. Call in sick the next day, you go, what happened to you? It just came over me. How many of you are married to someone like that? Just spontaneous. Yeah. Let me tell you one little cute thing about my wife. You ready for this, Kelly? My wife loves anything, power tool, construction but we don't start out like by building a uh, memory box. John, I'm going to turn our house into a castle for Halloween. We bought wood. We bought lumber. We made shields. We hung up knights. We went on the chimney and hung Rapunzel's. This, it's this huge, grandiose thing. It's just, it was huge, but it, just, it seems like it just comes on her. And then I'm left... To be the one to go to the store. Oh, I need two extension cords. You go to the store, come back. How many did you bring? Two. I need three. And then when it's over, we peeled the little uh, uh, knight in shining armor off the wall. And you could see all the sticky on all the brick. It would never come off. And even if you painted, it was a darker color. Anyway, I'm telling you all to let just, you know, so everybody thinks, never mind, never mind. I'm not going to get in trouble. But it was, she said it was awesome. And then, yeah, and then, and then Daddy cleaned it up. Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is sometimes people with impulses, whether it's a project or a change of where you're working or a change of people, I'm just leaving. I'm just, I'm starting over. God doesn't operate by impulse. He had a plan for you before you were born. God has a plan for you today. God is working His plan, and God will finish His plan if you will follow. God has a plan. God is working the plan, and God will finish the plan if you will just follow. Years ago, there was a house at 3597 Overlook Avenue that came for sale. I just knew it was mine. I just knew in my spirit it was mine. It was quite a jump. Our first house was $47,000, and that was 103 years ago. And... uh, this house was a hundred and twenty-something thousand dollars, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and I asked the Lord, and I felt the Lord give me a figure. I know to some of you that sounds weird, but it was way under price, and it was like hundred nine. And it, this was the boom of the market when you could get two and three offers on a house, and they took it. So I moved in. Yeah, you know, this house, this house was one beautiful house. At like six o'clock in the morning, it sounds like Armageddon in my driveway. I go out, I got my little boxers on, my little slippers, you know. You got that, all your hair sitting off, you know, old man hair, just sticking all up. And you're chewing, nothing in your mouth, but you're chewing. I come out there, you know, I look like the creepy uncle, you know. I'm like, hey, what are y'all doing? I mean, it's dark. It's dark outside, and there's like 30 kids in my driveway. This little boy goes, it's the bus stop, dude. All right, Gene Kernigan, my buddy, owned a realty company here for a long time. Shouldn't you tell a prospective buyer that the, the driveway's the bus stop? That's with, that's, you got to go before the commission for that. I come back inside. I'm like, it's like 30 kids. It's just going to be Monday through Friday. And the more I think about it, the more depressed I'm getting. And then it dawned on me that my driveway was the bus stop. So almost every morning, I would open my door and give out Pop-Tarts. And for the kid that was shy, they could come in and sit down and eat cereal at our table. When I decided to start a church, I felt the Lord leading me to start a church. February 1995 in an office park. I had 11 neighborhood kids in the back of my pickup truck. Back when you could do that and not go to jail for 62 years. (laughs) And they're sliding all in the back. You know, they're sliding. I'm serious. Eleven of them just. And on the first Sunday, the first convert was a little boy named Jimmy, who later became my son, took him out of private, uh, public school, put him in private school. He went from a D student to an A student. He's been a school teacher now for about 12 years. He's in his 30s. And I thought I was buying a house that I liked. And the Lord was showing me, he said, You don't even know where you're going. And this wasn't about your house with the shutters you liked. There was a room full of kids, and several of them still go to this church that came to know the Lord Jesus Christ because I thought I was buying me a house. See, the Lord's leading you, He's doing things you're not asking, everything's connected. And he's not doing it by impulse. They had to sell their house so that I could get the house, so that these people, could, these boys and girls, could come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Had to do it. God's plan, he's working in your life on so many different levels at the same time. And God has a specific schedule, and he, he leads you with great power even when you're unaware, and God leads you in ways that are easily recognizable, if not while he's doing it, after he's doing it. When I saw it come together, I went, of course that's why I'm here. Do you remember when Saul was knocked off his donkey, a light shined from heaven, and he fell to the ground? Paul, or Saul said, I heard a voice speaking to me in the Hebrew tongue. Well, why is that significant? Saul was a Hebrew. God doesn't speak Hebrew. I know some of you that would really harm you. He's not a Hebrew. But he spoke to Saul in the Hebrew tongue because Saul was a Hebrew. You know what he was saying? When it comes time to lead you, I'm going to speak to you in a way that you'll get it. You'll get it. Now, the people around him that weren't Hebrews, if they heard it, some of them thought it was thunder. They didn't know what was going on. They said, I didn't understand what he was saying. And you need to be confident that the Lord will speak to you in ways that you'll get it. And they're not formulas, but they're patterns in how he'll speak to you so you'll be comfortable in hearing his voice. God's leading is always accompanied by his person. I remember hearing this early on in my faith, and it's one of my favorite things. It says, the finger of God does not point where the hand of God is not right there to provide. God's never going to point you to a place and say, go. He goes with us. His person goes with us. And your life has a plan, even if you can't see it. If you follow him, though, you'll finish the work of God in your years. You'll finish the creative purpose that God had for your life before you were born. God's leading always brings glory to Jesus Christ. It doesn't lead to your glory, it leads to God's glory. God's leading rarely comes with details. This is why it's such a struggle. This type of leading makes you very vulnerable. When we were at the old evangel building, it was our second building, our lease came up and I prayed about signing the lease again. And I just felt in my heart, this was in year three of our 20 years. Do not, I mean like just a stamp, do not sign it. My buddy, Andy King, who'd been with me for several years and I don't ever remember us having a disagreement about anything, but he almost separated from me over this. He said, what are you going to do with 500 people? I said, I don't know. Well, we're just going to disband? I said, I don't know. All I know is don't sign the lease. Can you imagine how much confidence that instills in a church when you get up and go, "Um, our lease came due and I'm not signing it. So what are we going to do? Don't know. Where are we going to go? Don't know. Come, follow me to the promised land. Let's go. (laughs) Don't know. And from that, a door opened up to this wonderful body of believers called Second Baptist, where we worshiped with them for six months because our lease was up. God merged our churches together. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Unanimous votes. Five unanimous votes. And y'all remember, those of you that were there, for the first, I think it was four months, there was someone saved. Every service, God confirming his word. His leading. How do you know if God's leading you? Does it bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ? If it's just bringing comfort and pleasure to you and then you stamp God led you, I doubt it very seriously. God's leading brings glory to Jesus Christ. He leads us in biblical ways. I'm sorry, I I misspoke. God's leading rarely comes with details. It requires more than faith. It requires trust. And this type of leading makes you look foolish to others. I remember years ago... Back when they had water beds, I know you young people don't know what that is, but you had your waveless, you had your semi-waveless, and then you had a good luck trying to sleep at all. And I remember I disassembled my water bed and I was trying to sell it, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly, said, "Go give it to that man." Now, guys, may I appeal to your manly nature? You're gonna walk up to some guy, hello, my name's John, and God told me to give you my bed. Somebody's gonna get skin up. You know, you can't, you just can't do that. I said, I'm, I'm not doing it. I, this literally I'm not doing it. First of all, I was broke, broke, Poe. couldn't afford an R on the end of it, Poe. and I'm gonna sell this waterbed. And back then they had a penny pincher, now it's Craigslist. You could put a sack of rocks in the penny pincher and get 600 calls. You know, how much are your rocks? How big are the rocks? You just call you. And even after you sold the rocks, they keep calling. Not one call. Give that man Rick your waterbed. I'm not. That's how I did it, because I, I was going to be embarrassed. I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to look vulnerable. Long story short, after several months of no calls, or a month and a half no calls, I walk up to him and say, can I talk to you just a minute? Sure. Can you come over this way just a little bit? Just? <laughs> I know this is just the most weird thing you've ever heard, and please don't tell anybody that I That's just how I did it. That's just how I did it. Just don't tell. Will you just please tell me you won't tell nobody? It was about a month ago and I just felt like the Lord told me to offer you I have a waterbed and I just put it in storage and I've been trying to sell it. It's waveless. Tears start coming down his face. And he said, I've been driving my wife 40 miles every night to her mother's to sleep on a waveless waterbed because the doctor said it would help in the healing of her back. And when that happened, It wasn't about the bed anymore. It was this. If you will follow me, I'll not only help you, I'll use you to help others, but you've got to make yourself vulnerable to follow me. You can't worry about what everyone thinks. Follow me. Just follow me. And we're going to miss it. We're going to look stupid because we're dumb, cheap. But our reputation is not important. It's that our lives shout the fame of the Son of God. That's our goal. Follow Him. God's leading is filled with surprises. It's not always discernible in the moment. And it may be contradictory to the way He led last time. This type of leading, the little details, little to no details, does more in you than it does for you because you step out on nothing. Nothing. And you just walk knowing the Lord. Oh, when the Lord gives you an invitation. So here's the boat filled with water, huge storm. Jesus comes walking on the water. Everyone thinks it's a ghost. Simon sees him and Simon says, If it's you, tell me I can come. Jesus says, come. One word, one word created enough power in his followership for him to walk on top of what other people would die in. One word from the Lord. When you're following the Lord's invitation or leading, you can do today what you couldn't do yesterday. One word from the Lord. There's great power in following the Lord because if he commands something to be, it's going to be. When he said, come, all Simon was responsible for was getting out of the boat. The rest of it was up to the Lord. And you are going to look foolish to people. I remember when I told some district officials that I was going to start a church. Never been to Bible college, never had any training, never had a mentor. And they were right in their assessment, but they were carnally right. I remember telling one lady, she was a district official's wife. I was in the Macon Mall, right in front of Belks on the upper level, and I saw her, and I said, The Lord's laid on my heart to start a church. Where? In Macon? It'll never work never and walked off i was like i'll knock that wig off your head <laughs> y'all see some of us y'all don't know what the lord saved us from we used to could tell you off do you remember you know I, and then i told the lord when she walked off i said even if you told me i ain't got to do it i'm gonna do it to spider i'm gonna do it just to make it work to spider we can't take our cues from what other people think and feel If the Lord's telling you to branch out, to do something great for Him, ask for counsel, but don't don't just abort it saying there's too much. It's the unknown. I didn't know what to do. I didn't do a demographic study. I didn't have a dream team. I didn't have a team. I had 11 kids sliding around the back of my pickup truck. (laughs) And I don't say this to boast, but now six Christ chapels later, I realize that if you just put it in His hands, whatever it is, if you let Him lead He'll lead you into not only paths of righteousness. He'll lead you beside still waters. He'll lead you into restoration. He'll lead you into healing. He'll lead you into provision. He'll lead you into mighty works for his namesake. How many years you've been pastoring in the prisons? 12 or 14 years pastoring female prisoners. How many people would you guess have come to know the Lord Jesus? How many people would you think? So hundreds over the years, discipled even hundreds more. What did you know about prison ministry when you started? Nothing. Lord, I don't. I, when I go in to preach with them and they close that thing behind me, I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. I don't like that sound. But you just did it. And now you look back and you go, oh, his finger won't point where his hand doesn't provide when it came time to move, a $10 million building for sale for $8,500,000, 8, and we had 200000 in the bank. Lord, you've given me this building. Follow me. And you just follow in. Don't get hung up on details. You ain't got to know them because God has them. You ain't got to know them all. Oh, I'm running out of time. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. Number five, and there's only six, by the way. God leads us in biblical ways. By his word, he he will never, ever, ever, ever lead you contrary to his word. The Lord told me to leave my spouse. You're crazy. Unless now they're unfaithful or or they're abusive to you, but no, I'm just tired of them. It's an irreconcilable difference. God told me. No, he didn't. God will never lead you to contradict his word. Never lead you to contradict his word. So if you've got God's Word on something, you can have all these feelings and dreams and visions and angels. He will never lead you contrary to His Word. That's your your foundational statement. If it contradicts the Word of God, it's not the Lord leading. He leads in a still, small voice. I remember driving down Bowman Road, coming from Riverdale, and out loud I spoke. I hadn't even thought it, but my spirit said it. I said, we're moving. I came home and told Kelly, I said, we're moving. And she said, like any sane person would say, where? I said, oh, no, we're moving. Was it a week, two weeks later, our phone rings? Good friend of mine, Jim, he said, hey, y'all want to sell your house? And there's a part of you that goes, I told you we're moving. I told you. But that's the carnal part. But the other part is so humbling. Why do you even take the time to tell me? Why, why are you moving me? You, I'm on your plan." And you're just letting me in on it as it happens. Do you know how much weight that takes off of you, Papa? To provide for my... ah, No, no, no. I am to work my hardest and let the Lord provide for my family. How much much does that take off your shoulders? He'll lead you in a still, small voice with with your circumstances. If you're taking notes, write this down. Circumstances are flashcards. Cat. 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 Your husband hits you across your face. Circumstance, leave, leave. This person that you're dating and getting yoked with is not a believer. Leave, leave. God guides us through our circumstances by dreams and visions and witnesses of our spirit. And he gives us unmistakable confirmations to encourage us along the way to make sure we're in the right direction. I've told this many, many times over 20 years, but we have a lot of new faces, and I want to tell you where it changed for me, literally changed the DNA of, of my life. I was praying and asking the Lord for a desk, because I didn't have any money to buy a desk, and I told the Lord I wanted an oak one, because all our furniture was oak, and if your wife wants oak, you buy oak. You don't entertain cherry, wood, or pine. Happy wife, happy life. So I said, Lord, it's got to be oak. And now, God, I want to add this to it because I think I can. I don't want junk. You've heard me say this for years. If your refrigerator don't work, get your new one. It's not, well, it it don't cool like it should. Then it's not a refrigerator. Get a new one. Sell it. If your dog won't come to you, get another dog. Change it out. It's got to work. You know, it's got to work. And I don't want to lean on the desk and it go. I said, Lord, I want it so sturdy I can dance on it. So I'm driving on an errand clear as a bell. You know, you drive by on a Saturday and everybody's got the yard sale signs up and crazy people do yard sales. Crazy people. They have them and they go to them. I've done both. So don't get mad at me. Crazy people walk up to you with a wooden spoon like this and you had a dime on it. They go, will you take a nickel? (laughs) You can have it, darling. You can have it. I just don't, I just don't, you know, they got a clock for sale with no hour hand. This clock don't work. It's got the two hands, but it don't work. But it's right twice a day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, twice a day, it's dead on. (laughs) I got it in Guam. Anyway, so... I'm driving to my errand and I see this garage sale sign and clears the bells, pull in, clears the bell, pull in. So I just pulled in. I'm thinking, preacher, there's going to be somebody there saying, lead me to Jesus with a sign, you know, right there. So I get out of the car and I start going towards it and they had two tables of nothing. One pillowcase with a drool stain on it about that big. (laughs) Got that dog for sale. (laughs) They wouldn't come to him. Yeah, it's just nothing on the table. Have you ever had moments like this? And I know I'm cutting up a little bit, but this, was, this changed me as a Christian forever. You ever had the moments where the Holy Spirit just comes on you unexpected and you just feel like you're plugged into a wall? And he whispered to me, he said, your desk is here. And I'm looking at the table. There's no desk. He said, it's here. Is that you? It's here. So I go up to the lady. She goes, hi, can I help you? I said, Where's my desk? She said, excuse me? I was driving up here and I've been praying about an oak desk. And the Lord told me that it was here. You know how vulnerable you are at that moment? Especially if you've got a Christ Chapel shirt on. That really sets the pace, you know. She said, uh, right this way. Walked in the house. I did not see a little sign about that big on the table that said, Furniture inside, inquire within. And there was an oak desk, tiger oak, beautiful. It weighed about 300 pounds. I am sobbing walking through the house before I see the desk. She goes, right this way, follow me. And I'm just crying and crying. And so when I walk up to the desk, I sit at it and I lay my head on it and I'm crying. And she's like, I'll just be back. Just, 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 just. This is the truth. God is my witness. And I'm crying all over this lady's desk and I open the drawer And there's a metal plaque, like studded to the wood, or I don't know how they did it. And it said, Stonewall Jackson, built like a rock. And nobody was in there, so I got on top of it. (laughs) Because I asked the Lord, I want it to be big and strong enough that I could dance on it. And so I went outside and I said, "Uh, I'm crying. The lady's kind of, you know, (laughs) she's not sure about me. Uh, uh, How much for the desk? Uh, well, uh, we had it for like, uh, three or four hundred, uh, just give me a hundred dollars and go. Okay. So I'm loading up the desk, they're putting it in the back of the truck and she's bringing me lamps. She goes, you can have this lamp and here's a, 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 a holder for your pencils and pens and hold on, I got a desk pad and I'm just in the car and please hear my heart. It's never about the thing. It's that we hear him. So I must know him. So heaven must be my home. So his promises must be true. So I must be recreated. I must be born again. I must be his boy because I hear what other people don't hear. And we don't glorify in ourselves. It doesn't make us proud. It makes us humble. Who am I that you'd ever even talk to me? Lisa, if you'd come, please. Unmistakable confirmation unmistakable confirmations. But you have to step out and be vulnerable and say what you believe He told you before anything happens. So how can I make sure God's leading me, John? How do I know that I'm going in the right direction? Make sure that there's nothing between you and Him so that you can hear clearly. Make sure you are fully surrendered to His will, not your own. Make sure the path you are on does not contradict his word. Make sure the path you are on is producing spiritual fruit and glorifying Jesus. If the path you are on is centered on God, not on you. You'll know you're in his will if the path you are on draws you closer to the person of Jesus Christ. And if the path you are on arrives at the destination that God has promised you. You will have heard his voice. God's leading always results in peace. Always results in peace. And when God leads you, he places the burden of the destination on his shoulders. So when you make decisions and you feel peace, you can feel, you can feel like you don't know and still have peace. You can have no details and still feel peace. God's direct. When he leads you, there's a peace about it. Where you step out and go, I ain't got to make this happen. I ain't got to find my babies. My babies will find me. The Lord gave me that word. They find me. So our phone rings. There's a peace. And he's responsible for the destination. Stay with me. Because this, if you don't get this part, the other is just educational. This ties it all together. So God picks a man named Abraham. Gentile. Abraham was not a Jew. He was a Gentile who later became the people of God in the natural realm. Abraham, come out of the land of the Ur of Chaldees. Follow me. And I'm going to take you to Canaan. Get out of the land of the Ur of Chaldees and I'll take you to Canaan. So there's no visible God. So he packs up his wife. Lot goes with him. Turan, his father, father-in-law, all his cattle, his oxen, his sheep. Which way do you go? So you're leaving her, You got your little dirt road. You got your little signs that say what? No signs. North, south, west, or east. Which way do I go? And the Lord says, it don't matter. I'll get you there. Do you see that? He never told him which way to go. Because if you start, you'll hear the staff. And as long as you hear his voice and you follow, you make it to the destination. You know how I know we're going to make it to heaven? Because he's leading me home. You're going to make it into healing. Because the Lord's your healer and he knows the best pathway. He's going to lead you to the relationships you pray for. He's going to lead you to the peace that you long for. He's going to lead you out of the conflict you're in. He's going to cause you to triumph through the Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherd leads us. He said, if you know me, you'll hear my voice. And another one's voice you won't follow. So lead on, Jesus. Lead on. Take me where you want to take me. How you want to take me. At the pace you want to take me. In the direction you want to take me. Lead on, Lord. And that person lives at total rest. It changed for me as a pastor when I started answering the questions like this. What are you going to do? I don't know. But he knows and I'm following him. I don't know who this is for today. But if this message is for you. And it's specifically for you in a specific area or a generalization, but it's poignant. I want you just to stand to your feet and you're declaring, you, I surrender to your leadership. Have your way. Where are you? Look, look. No one looking around. Those of you that are standing, if you're comfortable doing this, would you just lift your hands to him and say, just all yours. I'm just all, you take me where you want to take me. There's a sense of glory in this place this morning. Lead me, Lord. As far as my education, lead me, Lord. In my business, lead me, Lord. In my relationships, lead me, Lord. Where do you want me to go? What you want me to do? You lead me, Lord. I don't care what they say. I care what you say, oh, Lord. Lead me. Lead me. Some of you, I feel this in my spirit. It wasn't in my notes. The picture's gonna get clear for you just around the corner. You're gonna say, oh, that's what you were doing. God, that just beats all I've ever seen. Lead on. Would the rest of you stand and join us and just pray that prayer? Lead me, Lord. Lead my family. Lead my babies. Lead me, Lord. Lead me in a plain path. Lead me in your path, oh Lord. How am I going to get there, John? One step at a time. God will lead you on the best pathway. For your life. Period. Period. Glory to the Lord. Pastor Drew, would you come and pray over us and dismiss us today?
1: Dear God, I just thank you for today. And I thank you that you invite us into a relationship with you that we can hear your voice, God. I thank you, God, that you speak to us, that you speak to us through your word. You speak to us through your son. You speak to us through our circumstances. God, that there's never a day that we find ourselves alone. I just thank you for the message in this house today that we could leave here encouraged. I pray for each and every one of us that we would continue God, to learn to hear your voice. God, that you would continue to tune our hearts to where that we could sense your leading in every every part of our lives. And we look to you for guidance. We look to you, Father. And I just thank you for today. Let us leave here knowing that you've got us. Let us leave here looking towards you. Bring us back safely, Father, in your name. Amen. You all have an incredible day.